Hi, I'm Matt Wolf, the lead pastor at Arise Church Denver, and you're tuning in right now for a special message from Christmas Eve. And I hope that this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Jesus to find something even greater this season. So watch along and make sure you subscribe. Today we have a special message for Christmas Eve because I do not want you to miss the big picture, the reason for Christmas today. There was a worker um, going home. He was working in a warehouse and he had his wheelbarrow that he was pushing out with a box in it and the security guard stopped him from leaving and he said, hey, what, what's in the box? Are you trying to take something? Are you trying to steal something? What's in the box? And, and the worker said, oh, there's, there's, there's nothing. It's nothing. And the security guard's like, no, 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 open up the box. There's something in there. And the worker said, no, no, it's just sawdust. We were working today. There was a lot of sawdust on the ground. I thought I would just take it home with me. Uh, so I put it in the box and the security guard's like, yeah, right, open it up. So he opens up the box and the security guard sees there's just sawdust. He reaches his hands in, it's still just sawdust. So he says, okay, fine, you can leave. The next day, that worker does the same thing. He's pushing that wheelbarrow with a box in it. And the security guard asks him, hey, what's in the box? And he says, hey, same thing, it's sawdust. So he has him open up the box again. The security guard puts his hand in there, sees it's just sawdust. Okay, fine, you can leave again. This happens every single day with the same routine every day. At the end of the week, the security guard stops this worker and he says, you know, there's something going on here. Something is fishy about this situation. I know that you're stealing something and I need to know what's going on. But I promise, I just wanna know, so I promise I'm not gonna report to you, I just wanna know what you're doing. And the worker says, you're right, I'm stealing wheelbarrows. <laughs> you know, the whole time, people are focused on one thing on the box and they don't realize that there's a bigger picture, right? There's something else going on and I think that can often happen with us for Christmas. And I don't just mean that you get distracted by the presents and the lights and the decorations. That's all great and distract us from the meaning of Christmas in itself. But even if we stop to reflect on the fact that this was the birth of Jesus, I think even that's missing it. Some people are like, oh yeah, it's a birthday. This is a very influential person, maybe the most influential person to ever live. Okay, we should celebrate someone's birthday, right? We celebrate birthdays, right? Isn't that what we all do? We celebrated birthdays in our family over the last month. Um, we had my wife's birthday, the twins' birthday. Uh, in just a week or two, we're gonna celebrate my daughter's birthday. We got a lot of birthdays this season, right? You celebrate all of them. So some people think, oh, we've got to celebrate the birth of Jesus because I mean, we, we literally like base our time off of him, our calendars. Okay, who's a big deal? And it's true, Jesus is a big deal. He changed human history more than any other human being. But that's not the reason why we remember his birthday. There's a bigger picture that I don't want you to miss. We celebrate Christmas because it means God came down among us. God himself took on human flesh. Theologians use a word for it, incarnation. Incarnate, in the flesh. God became human. And this is a big deal because he did it to help us. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you're like me, but when I wanna get some help for something, I look for two things. I want someone who, who kind of understands my situation, who's like me, who gets me, but I also want someone who's a little better than me so that they can tell me something that I need to know, right? When I'm seeking advice or need help with the project, I, I want somebody who gets me, but also can give me something a little more. At the beginning of this year, 2023, I decided I needed to get in shape. 
you know, I had been in shape, but then we have three kids. Six years later, I'm feeling, I'm, okay, it's time. I'm huffing and puffing a little too much. I got a dad bod. It's time to get in shape again. So I talk with Melissa about it, and she says, oh, you know what you should do? You should find a good Instagram influencer, because I'm a millennial. We don't go on TikTok. An Instagram influencer, because then they can give you some tips about working out. They can encourage you, and you can learn some stuff, and it'll help you throughout the year. I've never done this before, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try to find an influencer. And what I noticed very quickly about some of these you know, fitness influencers is that some of them are like six foot four, 265, pure muscle. They're like Greek gods, okay? They are just born on a different level than anything I will ever achieve. And I look at him, I'm like, that's not, he's not gonna help me, right? And then some of them are like, all you need to do is work out four to five hours a day and you'll be great. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't understand. You don't get my situation. I have a wife. I have three kids. I got a job. I can't work out four to five hours a day. I need someone who gets me, right? I need someone who gets me. But I also need someone who's a little better than me. There's enough fat dads out there. Like I need someone who can actually, who's made it a, some progress and can help me, right? That's what we're looking for, right? Someone who's, who gets us, but can also give us something more. And I think the same is true for a lot of different things in our life. When, when you're getting financial advice, you don't want the person who inherited $10 million from their trust fund, like, and that they're giving you investment advice. They don't know anything about our real situation, right? Or with parenting, you're definitely not gonna ask that person who's single and has no kids. Like they don't know what they're talking about even if they try to tell you that they do, right? You want someone who gets you but also knows a little bit more, has a little more progress than you have. How much more so when we need help for the deep, issues of our souls. When we're dealing with anxiety and depression, when we're struggling, when we have sadness or grief because we're missing someone who we lost, whatever our struggle is, when we're going through these things, when we're wondering, is there something bigger to life than what I'm living for right now? When we have those deep questions of our souls, we should do the same thing. We should look for someone who gets us, but can also give us something greater. And that's Jesus. God came down as a human being to help us. Jesus is the one who gets us and gives us something greater. That's why God came down in the human form. So we could connect with him. And that's what we're gonna learn in the scripture that we're gonna look at today. We're really gonna focus on one verse today. So if you have a Bible, you can open with me to Hebrews chapter two, verse 17. Um, if you have your smartphone, you can pull that out too. If you download the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, you can find our Rice Church Denver event there and save it on your phone. Or you can just follow along on the screen behind me. We'll have those verses. Or if you're online at the bottom of the screen. And I'm gonna read this verse for us from Hebrews chapter two, verse 17. We read, for this reason, he, Jesus, had to be made like them, us, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Okay, so the first thing that we learn from this passage is the first half of the big idea I've already told you. One, Jesus gets us. He gets us because he became a human being. God himself, the creator of the universe. This book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus was God who created all things, who sustains all things, but he emptied himself. He lowered himself to become a human being. 
says in verse 17 that we just looked at that he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. This means Jesus was 100% like me and you. 100% human. And isn't that the story of Christmas? That we learn that he was born as a baby, crying, snotting, needing his diaper changed. He came as a human being. And just a few years after that, the king at the time found out that people were calling this little infant the king of the Jews, and he was a little upset. So he ordered that all young Jewish boys be killed. So Jesus' family actually had to flee to Egypt where they lived as refugees and foreigners. He experienced what it's like to be a foreigner. When it was finally safe to return, his family returned to the region of Nazareth, and there Jesus grew up. It said he grew up just like every single one of us, in wisdom and stature. We also learned that Jesus was a carpenter. Now in the region that Jesus lived, there weren't a lot of trees, but there were some stone quarries, meaning Jesus probably was a stonemason. So he went out there working with his hands, getting calluses, working with those stones and working just half days, you know, sun up to sundown so that he could come home and provide for his family. For over a decade, Jesus knew what it was like to be human. And Jesus also experienced the full gamut of human emotion. He had some good times. He had this group of friends that he traveled around with. They went to parties. Even at one party, he turned water into wine. He knew how to have a good time. Jesus smiled, laughed, had joy. But then he also got sad. He experienced grief when one of his friends, Lazarus, died. In fact, it says that Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, if you ever have that on trivia, okay? Jesus wept. He cried tears. He knew what it was like to lose someone he loved. Jesus wept. And then Jesus had one of his closest friends betray him. Uh, some other of his friends abandoned him so that at his hour of need, he was lonely and wanting. It says that night before he got betrayed, that he was in the garden praying, crying out to God. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. Meaning the anxiety he experienced in that moment was so overwhelming, he would rather have died. And then they arrested him and they unjustly tried him, found him guilty of a crime he did not commit and sentenced him to execution. Then Jesus was physically beaten, tortured, stripped naked. Can you imagine the trauma he went through in that moment? And then he suffered as he hung on the cross until he died. Jesus experienced 100% what it's like to be a human. From birth to death, the emotions, the psych psychological experiment, what, what it's like to be human. He knew all of it. And he felt it in his soul. Jesus was 100% like us. Pastor Oswald Chambers once said, the tremendous revelation of Christianity is not the fatherhood of God, but the babyhood of God that God would be willing to do it, but why did he do it? So that he could get us. I mean, he's the God of the universe. He probably knew what it was like to be human, but now he knows what it's like to be human. He literally walked a mile in our shoes, even to the point of death. Jesus gets us, he understands us, and he cares for us. 
you look in our verse, it says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Why? In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. To become merciful, to show mercy, to show kindness to people who might not even deserve it. See, Jesus sees us in our pain, in our struggles, in the hard things that we go through when we need help, and he has mercy for us. Kindness, he wants to help us. A couple chapters later in this book, in, in Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. He can empathize with us. He sees what we're going through. He feels it, and he cares for us and loves us. That's the kind of person I want to help me, someone who gets me in my struggles. So if you're here, there might not be anybody else in your life who really gets it. You're going through something. Nah, they don't get it. They try to tell you what to do. They try to, oh, just buck up, you know, pull yourself together. No, no, you, you, they don't get it. Maybe nobody else around you gets it, but Jesus does. He gets you. He sees you and he loves you and wants to help you. Pastor Louis Giglio once said, you hear a little voice telling you God doesn't care about you. Well, I hear a little baby's cry telling you he does. Jesus gets you. And thankfully, he figured it out. <laughs> he can give us something even more than that. Not just getting us and connecting. It's one thing to get on somebody's level, but it's another thing to actually help that person up, right? And Jesus can do that as well. Second thing we learn is that Jesus gives us something greater. He can actually help us and pull us out of where we are. Jesus gives us something greater. Look with me next in verse 17. It says not, not only that he becomes a merciful, but also a faithful high priest in service to God. A faithful high priest. Now this is interesting that Jesus is called a priest because nowhere in his life did he say he was a priest. He wasn't in the temple offering sacrifices, didn't wear the robes, and yet we are told he is our priest. Because in the Hebrew religion, which hence the name of the book, it was a Hebrew person writing to other people from the Hebrew religion, and really in most religions, a priest is someone who can go before God on account of us normal people. The priests can go there, they can talk to God, they can offer a sacrifice to God, and they can connect God who's holy other out there with us human beings. What we're just told though is Jesus is just like us, normal human beings too. And he is our priest. That's why he's the best priest. He didn't need to wear robes or do anything fancy. He just lived a faithful life doing everything God called him to do. And that's why we can trust him to be faithful to help us. He was faithful to everything God called him to do. With the 10 commandments, he obeyed all of them. We're told that Jesus grew up just like every other kid. So if you're a kid here and, and you're dealing with parents making dumb rules that don't make any sense, well, Jesus understood that too. And unlike you, he honors his father and mother and obeys them, okay? Jesus never broke any of the 10 commandments like the rest of us, even you parents, okay? Jesus never lied. He never cheated. He never stole, he did everything that was right. And on top of that, he loved people and served people and was generous. And I know some of us struggle with generosity because when you go and the barista asks you for a 27% tip on drip coffee, mm, like I'm not feeling generous anymore, right? Okay, that, that's how our hearts are. Our hearts are sinful. Sin is whatever separates us from God. And even if you're like, Matt, I don't believe any of that. I know that you have broken your own moral code. You have done things that you think are wrong. You have hurt other people. You have hurt the environment. 
We have all done things that are wrong. We have sinned. And therefore there's this holy God who is out there, right? The creator of the universe. And we need a priest who can help us and talk to God for us. And that is Jesus. And because he is the perfect human being like us and still faithful in every way, he can help us. He can help us. He's faithful. And what makes it even more uh, amazing is, is not just that he's an example to us. I mean, there's so much we can learn from reading the Bible about Jesus, about how he loved people, served people, washed their feet. His example is incredible. His teaching teaches us to love our neighbors, love our enemies. We should learn from all of that, and definitely we do. But what he gives us is even greater than his example and his teaching. Jesus gives us himself. What it tells us in this verse is that he's the faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus gives us himself as an atonement. Okay, a simple way to understand atonement is at one mint, okay? At one mint. If God is out there perfect and holy and we are unholy and imperfect, we cannot be one with God. We need something to kind of bridge the gap and make us at one, and that's what an atonement is. In those days in the temple, they would have offered sacrifices. And in fact, in most ancient religions, they would have offered a sacrifice because it was something costly to show God, hey, we know that we're not right with you, but we wanna be right. So we're gonna offer this sacrifice. That's what an atonement would be. But what's interesting is the Greek word here, I think atonement is a fine way to interpret it, but it's actually a more complicated Greek word here. In some of your older translations, or maybe you have the ESV, it, it says the word propitiation. Can you guys say that word, propitiation? Propitiation, okay, this is a fancy word, but would have been understood by the people who originally received this letter. A propitiation was one of those sacrifices that was offered to appease an angry God. So here's an angry God coming down with wrath and you put the propitiation in the way because that would take the wrath and save you. In all the ancient religions, they're like, I know God's mad at me because the crops are bad, there's storms coming, things are not going well in my life, whatever it is. So they would, they, the gods are mad at me, I'm gonna have to offer a propitiation so I can get right with the gods and they would help me. That's how all the religions work. You offer this sacrifice. But what's amazing about Christianity, about amazing that this teaches us is that God himself offers himself as the propitiation. He doesn't wait till we offer something to him. He says, I'm gonna do it for you. And that's what Jesus did. He wasn't just born for us. He didn't just live for us, but he died as our propitiation to make us at one with God. The perfect son of God sacrificed for us. So our sins can be forgiven and taken away and we can be made at one with God forever. Now that's some good news because Jesus gets us and gives us something greater. So if we turn to him, our sins can be forgiven, our guilt taken away. We have a new connection with God that we can talk to him and ask him for help. And Jesus, the, the, the even better news is not only that he died for you, but three days later, he rose from the dead, appeared to over 500 people over a span of 40 days before he ascended into heaven, where he is right now seated at the right hand of the throne of God, where he is there to help us in our time of need. Jesus can help us, and he's the one who can help us because he gets us and gives us something greater. That's the kind of person I want to get help from. Now, when I do find someone who can actually help me, 
with whatever problem I'm going through, whatever I'm struggling with, when I find someone who gets me and can give me something greater, do you know what I do? I listen to them. Okay, I take their advice. I try it out because I trust them that they get me, that they understand the situation. They've been through it before and they've figured it out. So I'm gonna trust them. Do you know that's what faith is? Jesus asks us to believe in him. What he's asking us to do is to trust him. Can we trust that maybe he knows what he's talking about when he tells us how to live? That we can trust him, that when we believe in him, our sins can be forgiven and we can be given eternal life. So I'm gonna challenge every single one of you. Just try it out. (laughs) Try what Jesus says. Trust him. Take his advice. And you'll find out that it's true. Because Jesus gets us and gives us something greater. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because God became human among us. Don't miss it. Paul Harvey uh, told a story a few years ago uh, about a man. And and this man wasn't a Scrooge. In fact, he was a pretty decent guy. Took care of his family. He worked hard. Was kind to other people. Um, But this this man, um, he had gone to church on Christmas a lot of times, but he, you know, wasn't quite sure. He's like, I like Jesus, but he wasn't quite sure about this God becoming man, about this incarnation thing. He didn't know if he believed that part of it. So he told his wife that Christmas, you know, why don't you go with the family? I think I'm going to stay home while you guys go to Christmas Eve. I'd feel like a hypocrite going. So the wife and the kids drove off to to attend the service on Christmas Eve. And as they drove off, the man looked outside and it was starting to snow. So he sat in his chair by the fire and he noticed the snow was getting worse and worse. So he got up again, he looked out the window and the wind was getting worse. The snow was starting to pile up. The flurries were all over the place. So he went back and sat down again by the fire. And then he heard a thud, a thump, and then another thump and some more. And he thought, it must be some of the neighbor boys throwing snowballs at my window. So he went out the front door and and he looked outside. But what he saw was a whole flock of birds that had flown into their big picture window in the living room. And as they hit the window, they would fall into the ground. And there in the freezing cold wind, they were struggling. They, They had wanted to just come in to find safety and warmth but they were stuck there in the snow. So he decided he wanted to help these birds. So he got on his big coat, his galoshes, and and he started trampling in the deepening snow out to his barn. He thought if I open it up, then maybe they can come in here and find safety and warmth through this terrible winter storm. So he opened the doors up and the birds didn't go in. Tried motioning to him, come on, come on. He yelled at them, but the birds still didn't go into the barn. So he went over to the birds and he, he tried to chase them down and, and grab them one at a time, see if he could bring them into, into the barn. But, but as soon as he got close to them, they, they'd scamper off and get away from him. He tried just shooing them in, but whenever he get close, they would go away from him. He realized that they were afraid of him. Here is this otherworldly creature who, who's, who's coming to them and they don't understand he thought, if I could just become a bird, get down on their level and talk to them, that they could hear me and understand what's in my heart and know I'm trying to help them. 
and, and that I could bring them to, to where it's safe and warm. If only I could become like them. At that moment, he heard in the distance the bells from the church celebrating Christmas. And he fell on his knees in the snow because he finally understood why God had to become a human being. He understood why the incarnation mattered. God became a baby so that we could know he gets us that he gives us something greater and he can help us whatever our need is. So I don't know what your need is, what you're struggling with, what's hard for you right now, but you can cry out right now to a Jesus who gets you, who wants to help you, who loves you. And if you're here and you're like, no, Matt, life's good, I'm, I'm doing okay. Well, just file this away, okay? Remember my words, and when you are on your knees someday, which you will be, you'll know who to cry out to. But I know some of you have felt in your heart, you, maybe for the first time, that, that maybe this is real, that God did become human. And there's a reason why 2.4 billion people today are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And if maybe for the first time you understand it, I'm gonna tell you, if you want Jesus on your side to help you in your time of need, to help you right now, to forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life, you need to declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that by a simple prayer because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what the scriptures tell us. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that with a simple prayer. So could everybody close your eyes, bow your heads, and if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to say this prayer for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me. Forgive me. Help me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. Now with eyes closed, we wanna celebrate with you if you made that decision today. If you, if you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus today is your Lord and Savior, we wanna celebrate with you. And we actually have a little book we put together to just help you with some of your journey of faith. So put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand up high. I see some hands. There's some right here. Hold that hand and keep it up until um, we bring around a book to you. Keep that hand up in the air. And let's celebrate with those who made a decision today. Let's celebrate those. Um, Lord God, we're just so grateful um, that you love us, that you save us, that you forgive us of our sins, um, that you sent your own son, that you came down to live for us and to die for us and to offer us help and hope and new life. Lord God, we need that help, every single one of us, and we cry out to you, help us. It's the only one who truly gets us and can give us something greater. Thank you for being someone who can actually help us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, I'm Melissa Wolf, and now is the time of our service where we're gonna light our candles. So if you're online, go ahead and grab a candle so you can light it with us. So as you're sitting there, I want you to just close your eyes 
and think back over the year 2023. Think about all the ways that God has helped you. Maybe you had a big answered prayer or maybe you felt the presence of God through something hard that you had to do. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for all the answered prayers that we've had this year and for all the ways that you showed up to help us. And we think we are just so thankful that you get us and that you know exactly what we need. But God, some of us in here are struggling. And I just pray that you would use your spirit right now to encourage each person who's facing something hard, who's facing something big. God, I just pray that you would encourage their heart right now to know that you're gonna show up and that you're gonna give the help that they need. God, please them give them the hope for that. Amen. Now, if that's you, if you're in a spot where you have a big need, maybe you've got a big prayer request right now, we want you guys to be the first to light your candles. So if, if that's you, if you feel like you really need Jesus to show up for you, we want you to stand up, come on up right now, and we'll light your candles, and then you can take them back to your row.
I hope that that message impacted you. I hope that you have found something greater in Jesus that you can take into 2024. And if that's the case, we would like to get to know you. Please click below and find that new form or go to ricedenver.com slash new. Fill that out if you're newish. And we actually give $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission. You're giving a gift to someone in need just by filling that out. But if you're a regular to our church, don't forget to give and give generously. We depend on your giving to make all the things happen at Arise Church. So we'll see you in just a couple weeks. Remember, online only next week for New Year's Eve. And then on January 7th, we're kicking off that brand new series, God-sized, with our 21 days of prayer and fasting.